Did you ever wonder? Did you ever wonder? I do. Did you ever wonder why the sun always rises, but the stars never fall, why dry land is never satisfied by water, and why fire never says enough? Enough. So a little different Bible wonders today. How fun. We uh, are fresh off a of boot camp and God has been teaching me so much. And so I thought it'd be fun since it was Holy Week to kind of do a combination of where God has brought me over the last weekend and uh, with what happened at the boot camp slash then I got a chance to preach on uh, Palm Sunday and he put this together for me in such a package that I thought it would be fun to share it. Maybe uh, throughout Holy Week here, we'll just stick with Holy Week subjects. So today, I was just going to take a 40,000-foot view of Palm Sunday. Because <laughs> Palm Sunday, if you look at it, is a big part of the powerful play that goes on. And so as, it, as it, we got to do this advanced boot camp, we got to teach things that we really had never taught before. And one of mine was the lover stage of the masculine journey. And, and as a young man turns to a certain age, he becomes both a warrior and a poet at the same time. That he goes from this cowboy ranger kind of phase, phase of a very young man to um, a teenager that begins to awaken to the lover and, and awaken to the warrior. And, and then trying to figure out what battles you should fight and all those kind of things. But don't you think it's fascinating, and I do, that springtime is a time of love and war. And, and isn't that always what is attacked is the fruitfulness, right? And, and you think about when King David said, you know what it said when King David was tempted by Bathsheba at a time in the spring when, when kings go out for war. And, and clearly when you think about it, the greatest battle ever fought, you know, happened this time of year. And it started, you know, the battle really, um, you know, was a foot starting on Palm Sunday, and that battle continues every spring uh, since. And, and, and really, when you think about it, that battle started uh, <laughs> at, at, at the Exodus was certainly in the exact same time of year as that was the time of the Passover. And, and so perhaps, you know, when we look at other ones, maybe, maybe Isaac, you know, taking um, his trip up to Mount Moriah, Maybe that was in the spring as well. I haven't studied that, but that would be an interesting to note. But there's no doubt that in each case, here was this tremendous time of war that happened exactly at this time of love. And, and what a great love story we live in that's set in the midst of a great battle. And I love in the Song of Solomon, you know, it says, The time of the, serving, of the singing birds has come. The voice of the turtle is heard in our land. And it is in those verses there in the second chapter where he talks about my dove in the clefts of the rock. Let me see thy voice. I mean, let me see thy countenance. Let me hear thy voice. Those kind of things. Again, love is connected with battle in so many different ways. And so as we talk about a few of these ideas here in the um, Palm Sunday, I thought it would be good to share from the lover stage of the masculine journey as we taught about that, that every man Obviously, when he was at age, was hopefully his father would sit him down and begin to teach him that God is going to pursue him as a lover and to emulate God's heart and learning that to love is to give, right? Like Jesus gave his life, but also to love is to learn. If you think about that date that you went on, you were savoring, right? As your wife sat across from you at that first 
meeting that you guys began to get to know each other and get to be intimate to where you heard each other's story and you were a learner because lovers are learners. That's why when you came home, your mom always had a thousand questions for you because she was loving you, right? And lovers are learners and that's why the Bible is so precious. But why it's so important that as we get this stage of the masculine journey, we begin to savor words and language, okay? And so there's this wonderful clip from a dead poet society. As young men are learning about poetry and beauty and art, that Robin Williams taught on this subject so much better than I could. So I'm going to just play that clip, and then we'll come back and talk about how we can savor some of the words and language on Palm Sunday. Because the, it's Palm Sunday is an explanation of the powerful play does go on. This is a battle, a war, and the casualties could be your hearts and souls. Thank you, Mr. Dalton. Armies of academics going forward, measuring poetry. No, we will not have that here. No more of Mr. J. Evans Pritchard. Now, my class, you will learn to think for yourselves again. You will learn to savor words and language. No matter what anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Now, see that look in Mr. Pitt's eye, like 19th century literature, has nothing to do with going to business school or medical school, right? Maybe. Mr. Hopkins, you may agree with them, thinking, yes, we should simply study our Mr. Pritchard and learn our rhyme and meter and go quietly about the business of achieving other ambitions. I have a little secret for you. Huddle up. Huddle up! We don't read and write poetry because it's cute. We read and write poetry because we are members of the human race. And the human race is filled with passion. And medicine, law, business, engineering, these are noble pursuits and necessary to sustain life. But poetry, beauty, romance, love, these are what we stay alive for. To quote from Whitman, Oh me. O life of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, O me, O life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists and identity, that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. Powerful play goes on, and you may contribute a verse. What will your verse be? So the powerful play does go on, and it shows, you know, in the larger story that is so evident on Palm Sunday, and and I wanted to take that 20,000-foot view of of the events. We're going to dig into them deeper as we go through this week. But essentially, um, and I'll put it in the show notes, so we're going to be talking about Genesis 49, and specifically verse 10. That's, Isaac, I mean, um, that's Jacob's blessing of Judah, which is very much, has, you'll see, has everything to do with Palm Sunday, but it also has to do with the powerful play going on by all means. And Leviticus 23, 40 definitely has everything to do with Palm Sunday and the powerful play going on. And of course, Matthew 21 is the triumphal entry and clearly we're going to be looking at that as we go through this in Revelation 7, 9, which is obviously where we know, you know, that things are coming to fruition. 
And so when you go back and you look at Genesis 49, which is really the only one we're going to talk about today, I'm just giving you the overview to saying, oh, guess what? If we're going all the way to Revelation from Genesis, you can see the whole story has to do with Palm Sunday. It really does. <laughs> because, again, just to give you the overall idea, is Palm Sunday is a representative more of the Feast of Tabernacles than it is of Easter or Passover, okay? And, and of course, it's all part of the same story. But again, when we finally tabernacle with the Lord in Revelation, right, you're going to see that these palm branches show up again so, <laughs> and everything to do with it. So when you look at Genesis 49, 10, and you look at the blessing that, 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 uh, that Jacob would give to Judah, here's what it says. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be, binding his foal unto the vine and his ass's colt unto the choice vine. He was washed, he washed his garments in wine, his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes shall be red with wine and his teeth white with milk. So you see the donkey story, why they had to stop in Bethphage, and which we're going to get into all that, and then we're going to get into all these donkeys. But all this has to do with that in Genesis. And oh, by the way, when it comes to donkeys, it starts way earlier than, than Jacob's blessing. It actually starts <laughs> when, when Abraham takes Isaac on a donkey, right, up to Mount Moriah. And later you're going to see a donkey as Moses puts his wife and children on a donkey in Exodus. In other words, similar themes that, that go on throughout the scripture that all point to the idea that, right, the powerful play goes on. And so as we savor words and language, as we become lovers of God, we want to understand the story. We want to understand his heart more. And in doing so, right, we get this vision of, oh, my goodness, we get to contribute a verse. The powerful play is going to come, go on, and he is going to return. And what great hope there is in all that. Thanks so much for listening. Do you ever wonder? Did you-